Bronze speaks about judgment. That's why it's found outside of the tabernacle proper. And this is where sin was dealt with on a daily basis. Today, the sacrifice has been provided through Jesus' work on the cross, where he was sacrificed outside of Jerusalem proper. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. We thank you, Father, that you are here for those who cry out to you in faith and look to you for their help and their hope. We pray, Father, that you would touch those who are tonight looking to you in this way. Lord, maybe sick physically, maybe it's a spiritual issue. Lord, in the world we live in today, maybe it's finances, struggling just to put food on the table or gas in our vehicles. We, Lord, look to you for our help and hope. Give us wisdom. And teach us, Lord, your ways. So we thank you, Lord, for this night. Pray that you would bless the teaching of your word now. Let it be a blessing to our hearts. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Tonight we're going to be looking at Exodus chapters 36, 37, and hopefully 38. I say that because, well, I advertised it for one, but... We've already been through these, and so I'm not going to read every verse of Scripture in these three chapters. Um, I say we've already been through them because the Lord has uh, already instructed Moses on the specifications of the tabernacle, the outer courts, the priestly garment. And we get in chapters 36 through 38, we find the children of Israel coming together to build that which the Lord has already given Moses instructions to build. And so this is in some ways repeating some of the things that we've already learned about. Quite a bit of it actually is repeating from different chapters. It could be from chapter 25, 26, chapter 30. As God gave Moses the instructions, the specifications for the tabernacle, And I was thinking about it this afternoon, Um, actually this late afternoon, I was mowing my lawn before coming over to the church, and uh, not right before, but a little bit before. 
And uh, when I'm out mowing the lawn, yeah, I was thinking and running things through my head, and the Lord gave it to us twice, this passage of Scripture, basically describing the tabernacle being made. So it must be that He wants us to get this stuff. He wants us to have a good understanding of these things. Also here in Exodus 36, I believe He wants to encourage the body of Christ in the sense of coming together to work together for the glory of His kingdom. As we find the children of Israel doing here in Exodus 36, 37, and 38, they gathered together to do the work that the Lord had called them to do, and some brought the work. They were able to provide offerings for the work to be accomplished. Others were actually participating in creating and building and molding and sewing and doing all these wonderful things that God had commanded them to do. So Exodus 36, I titled the overall study, the making of the tabernacle. That's what we're talking about in these three chapters. So in chapter 37, we have the construction of the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat, the table for the showbread, the golden lampstand or the menorah, the making of the altar of incense and the making of the anointing oil and the incense all containing their constructing and the specifications given to us here 17 through 24 we have the menorah the golden candlestick that was there in the holy place so the showbread the menorah and the table of incense all in the holy place verse 17 he made the lampstand of pure gold of hammered work he made the lampstand its shaft its branches, its bowls, the ornamental knobs, its flowers were all of the same piece. So Biziel was a very busy man, making and fashioning all these golden furnishings of the tabernacle, the menorah described in Exodus 25, 31 through 40. So we've been through this once before. But unlike the other holy furnishings, this one was crafted out of one piece of solid, pure gold. So the altar of incense, 25 through 28. He made the altar of incense of acacia wood. Its length it was a cubic. Its width a cubic. It was a square. So it could be 18 by 18 or 20 and a half by 20 and a half, depending on the dimension of a cubic. But it was a square. Two cubics was its height. So either 36 inches high or a little taller than that. And its horns were of one piece with it. And so the horns on the altar, you read of whether the bronze altar or the golden altar like this one, they all had horns on the altar. And so the altar of incense was located just in front of the curtain, the veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. And Biziel was careful to make the altar according to the instruction given to God through Moses in Exodus 30, verses 1 through 5. Here was the burning of the sweet incense, a fire of coals that was brought in from the bronze altar to burn the incense there in the house of the Lord. And we find a comparison of the incense in the book of Psalms, also in Revelation, which I'm going to read now, of the burning incense of that of the prayers of the saints. In Revelation 8, 3 and 4, it says, Another angel, having golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense 
that he should offer it with the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar which is before the throne. Remember, the tabernacle is a copy of the heavenly. And here we find in the heavenly, there's a golden altar, and there's incense, but here it's mingled with the prayers of the saints, and they ascend before God from the hands of the angel. So then the making, in verse 29, the holy anointing oil, the pure incense of sweet spices, according to the work of the perfumer. Close out this chapter. Moses briefly mentioning the making of the holy anointing oil and the pure incense of sweet spices. We'll find out later. This was described to us in Exodus 30, verses 22 through 38. A lot more detail there. One verse here. But there would be only like one specific family would have the job of making the showbread of making the holy anointing oil, of making the incense. There was a family recipe, a secret that was kept in this family, passed on from generation to generation. So this is actually a very large deal, would become a very big deal. Traditionally there in Israel, but here only mentioned by one verse in verse 29. So the anointing oil symbolizes the Holy Spirit's anointing upon our lives. Once we are sealed and anointed with the Holy Spirit, we bear the mark of the Lord upon our lives. Without His anointing, there's no unity to bind us together. It's the Spirit of God that binds the body of Christ together, that makes us one. Christ and His work, of course. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Without the redemption of Christ, we have no forgiveness of sin, no atonement. But the Spirit works in a bond of unity and of peace, according to Ephesians 4, verses 2 and 3, that we are to come in all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So the anointing oil symbolizes the Holy Spirit throughout the, both the Old and New Testament, and the anointing of the Spirit Himself upon our lives. And of the tabernacle's furnishings, the mercy seat was where the high priest would sprinkle the blood once a year on the Day of Atonement. The Greek word for that covering, the mercy seat, when translated the Hebrew into the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament portion of our Bible, they use the word hilasmas. It means to be a covering. It can be translated a propitiation or atonement. And it speaks about the blood of Jesus Christ. First John 2, 2, for he himself is the hilasmas. He is the propitiation of our sins. Not for ours only, but for that of the whole world. In chapter 38, moving quickly along. We have in verse 1, He made an altar of burnt offering of acacia wood, five cubics was its length, five cubics its width. It was a square. Its height was three cubics. And the altar of burnt offering, this would be in the courtyard, which you haven't read about yet, but outside of the tabernacle proper, in the courtyard before the entry. So on the east side, and the tabernacle would always face, the opening would always face to the east. So on the east side, you would have the altar of bronze. 
the lever, and then the tabernacle. And so the altar of bronze, this is where the sacrifices were made. Daily, they would offer the sacrifices, a lamb in the morning, a lamb in the evening, whatever the people would bring for sacrifices, worshipers would come to offer a memorial portion of the sacrifice upon the bronze altar. Bronze speaks about judgment. That's why it's found outside of the tabernacle proper. And this is where sin was dealt with on a daily basis. Today, the sacrifice has been provided through Jesus' work on the cross where he was sacrificed outside of Jerusalem proper. In Hebrews 10, 4, 9, and 10, it says, It is not possible that the blood of bulls, of goats, should take away sins. He takes away the first, that is the Old Testament law. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second, the new covenant through Christ Jesus. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Today, Jesus has provided that atonement through his work upon the cross. So the lever of bronze, the washing tub for the priest. In verse 8, he made a lever of bronze, its base of bronze, bronze mirrors of the serving women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And so this was like a large bathtub, but it was a ceremonial washing. This is a... The priests would wash at home. But when they were doing ministry, they would ceremonially wash before doing any kind of ministry, before offering a sacrifice, before entering into the temple. We saw when we were in Israel, Lily and I and those who were with us, we were in an excavation underneath the old city, so dating back to the time of Christ. And they believe it was in a priest house, it reminded me of uh, a baptistry in a church that we don't have one here. I'm pointing back there because that's normally where they're at. I was raised in Baptist churches. Several of them, they always had a baptistry behind the stage. And some of them, you would walk in and walk out the same way. Others, you would walk down one side and walk out the other way. That's how this was. And they said what the priest would do they didn't wash, they just had the water in there and they would walk through the water and come up the other way. It wasn't a, a time of bathing, but a ceremonial washing. And this is what the bronze lever was for, for the washing as they ministered. They would wash their hands and their feet, that judgment would not come upon them. Today we are washed not only by the blood of Jesus Christ, but we're daily washed by his word as well, Ephesians 5.26, that he may sanctify and cleanse her, speaking about the church, with the washing of the water by the word. You want that daily washing? Listen to someone teach the word of God. Listen to someone read the word of God. Read the word of God for yourself. Sometimes, back in the day when there wasn't podcasts to listen to or uh, didn't have the internet streaming and stuff. I, I, I think I, over the years, bought at least three sets of CDs through the Bible CDs. I used to drive 
around an hour one way to get to work when I was a brick mason. And I would often just either listen to the teaching of the Word of God or just the reading of the Word of God being washed by the water of the Word. So the courtyard, verses 9 through 20, Verse 9, he made a courtyard on the south side. The hangings of the courtyard were fine linen, woven linen, 100 cubits long. And he goes on to talk about this. They made the courtyard of the tabernacle, made to the divine specifications that were given to Moses there on the mountain. And it was for an enclosure for the bronze altar and the levir where the priests ministered daily, where the people were able to come and worship the Lord. And so both the priests and the worshipers came to serve alongside one another, to serve and worship God in the courtyard there, as found in Exodus 27, verses 9 through 19, the detail of this. And so it brought them into worship, into fellowship today, There's only one way to God. It comes through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the door. In John 10, 9, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He'll go out and in and find pasture. Today, Jesus, he is that door. So the very last details that we are given in verses 21 through 31 is the material list. I was very familiar with this. It was almost a daily, depending on the job I was running, uh, sometimes I would go through material lists daily and make orders, make sure that as a brick mason foreman, one of my jobs was to make sure we never ran out of material. I always had material available to keep the brickies going. That was part of my job. I always needed to have a place for them to go to work prepared, ready to go, scaffolding built, stocked, ready to go. But if I didn't get the deliveries in a timely fashion, I'd have my bricklayer standing around, and that was a no-no. So we have a material list, and you can read through it if you'd like. I'm going to summarize it for you. It's verses 21 through 31. This is the inventory of the tabernacle, the tabernacle of testimony, which was counted according to the commandment of Moses for the service of the Levites by the hand of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. So you had Aaron's son, Ithamar. He was taking inventory. The material used for making the tabernacle is furnishings, it's accessories. It was oversaw by the Levites. They compiled this inventory. Bizael was the master metalsmith the superintendent of the whole job, his assistant, Aholib, was the master engraver, designer, and weaver. The material list consisted of a little over of a ton of gold, in verse 24, almost four tons of silver, verses 25 through 28, about two and one-half tons of bronze, verses 29 through 31. The silver was used in the tabernacle's construction. It came from the ransom offering, as we already looked at, where they collected a half a shekel from every male 20 years old and above. And the number of those men were 600,000, 3,550 adult males. So well over a half a million men. 
The bronze reminds us of where sin was dealt with. The silver reminds us of the atonement that is needed. And the gold reminds us of the purity and the sprinkling of the blood by which today atonement is made through the blood of Jesus Christ. We close out. Jesus was, he is to this day, the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Paul would say in 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the traditions of your father, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Jesus Christ bore our sins then upon the cross 1 Peter 2.24, he bore our sins in his own body on the tree, having died to sins, that we might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. And it's because of Jesus' sacrifice, we have a right to enter into fellowship with God. Hebrews 4.15 and 16 says, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. My question, maybe for those who are listening on the radio, maybe you're watching through social media, maybe you'll hear this message at a later time. Have your sins been atoned for by the blood of Jesus Christ? Let's go ahead and stand together. Here on Wednesday evenings, we've been running through. It's been a while, I think, since I've done this, but the ABCs of salvation, the atonement is so important. The A stands for admit. In order for us to apply the blood of Jesus Christ, we have to admit that we are sinners. Romans 3.23 reminds us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But 1 John 1, 1.9 tells us, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have to admit to God that we are sinners. The B is for believe. Believe in the work that Jesus did upon the cross, his death, burial, resurrection, his ascension into heaven. Receive that gift of salvation. Romans 5.8 reminds us that God demonstrates his own love toward us, that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. We have to believe in the work of Jesus Christ. And the C is for confess. Confess your faith in Jesus Christ. Share that faith with others. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 tells us that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10, 13, For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For whoever, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're here tonight, of course, you have questions regarding faith. I'm here to talk with and pray with you. If you have questions, you're listening on the radio, through social media. Maybe you hear this at a later time. Please email us at cclv at comcast.net, cclv at comcast.net. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this night and these chapters. Lord, such detail and given to us twice in the book of Exodus. Lord, I do not believe that you repeat yourself for no reason. 
And one of the great things that I learned from this is not just the material used, the bronze, the gold, the silver, and how they distinctly fit with the atonement work of Christ upon the cross. Also, Lord, how the body came together to do this work. Today, Lord, we pray that our church would continue to come together, to be filled with wisdom and knowledge, to do the work that you've called, that we would have willing hearts, willing hearts to give, to provide for the ministry and the work of ministry, willing hearts to So bless us, Lord, if there are those who are sick and in need of healing touch, those, Lord, who don't know you as Savior or need to return to you, bring them back, bring them to repentance, even this hour. Those, Lord, who just want to serve you, knowing, Lord, you've called them to serve, but they've never taken that step of faith, maybe tonight you're encouraging them to take that step. We pray these things in the name of our precious Savior, Jesus. Amen. Pray that God would bless you and that he would keep you, that his face would always shine upon you and give you peace. God bless. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into his image by the power of his Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.